Well, well, well. Hi. Hi, I'm greeting you in my huskiest voice. Okay, Chandler, let's dig into the topics at hand today. You know, we cannot waste any time. No time. BravoCon happened. We did not go. We don't go to BravoCon. I feel like we can just watch the panels from Peacock from our YouTube channel. I'm not a big fan of Las Vegas convention centers. Those are not where I feel like I thrive. And so I'm actually okay to, to have skipped this. I do think if it's in New York, I would love to go with you at some point. Absolutely. It did seem like it was an action-packed BravoCon. So I am excited yes. to, to discuss with you the very exciting revelations and things that were said at BravoCon. So this week on the podcast, we are going to be kind of going over the BravoCon highlights. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play some clips. And then Chandler and I are going to discuss our thoughts. Okay, real quick, before we get into the specific moments, I just want to say, I wonder if Bethany Frankel this weekend found herself deleting Instagram because let's just admit the fact that Bravo is still very much so thriving. Bravo Mm. is still happening. People are still talking about it. The reality reckoning is really like a total nothing burger in my opinion, or at least like it's shaping up to be a nothing burger. And I I had that thought while I was just seeing like all this content that I was obsessed with that I like, I wanted to hear about VPR and, and housewives and, you know, Kyle and Mauricio and like just all the stuff that is still like bubbling to the top. People are still like obsessed with it and they still want it. And so I just don't, I don't know. The reality reckoning and that whole article coming out last week, I just think bad timing because it was kind of like squashed by all the BravoCon stuff. (laughs) We're going to do this a little out of order, but there was a clip we were going to play. And so let's play this clip first about the Roni legacy cast being asked about Bethany's attempted take of Bravo. Okay. My cousin Marina and I are obsessed with OG Roni. Like it's literally half my personality. I quote you guys daily. Sonia, I just got a puppy that I named Sonia with a sexy J. I would die for you. So my question is, honestly, for all of you, I want to know what you think about Bethany's attempted takedown of Bravo. You know what? I want to know I'll answer the question. Bethany ain't here to answer that, so there ain't no takedown. Look, does this look like a fucking takedown? I am so with you, Chandler. If we watch BravoCon, what we're witnessing is these women at their peak, just absolutely loving every single second. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you look at who turns out, it's not active cast members with contracts who want to keep Bravo happy. It's literally any housewife basically that's ever been on the show is like, oh my gosh, I want to be at BravoCon. I want to experience fans obsessed with me. I want to go to the parties and go to the dinners. Like for a lot of these women, the feeling I get is that being on these Bravo shows is like one of the best things, if not the best thing that ever happened to them. And I think that, you know, they don't get paid. I don't remember where I heard this, but they, they don't get paid a lot of money to go to BravoCon. They get, you know, it's not like it's a whole weekend. Yeah. It's not some cash grab for them. You know, I'm sure it's a blast to spend, you know, all day being fawned over and, you know, ask questions. And yeah, I think it looks like it would be totally fun. And I'm sure it's an opportunity to sort of like revel in all your like fame and success. Well, also, I'm sure that their outfits and glam alone cost more than five grand. These women are basically paying for the experience. Yeah. And there's just no way that they're in it for the for the money. They are loving every second. Vicky Gumbelson was presented the Wifetime Award. And in it, she like is just so effusive about what it's meant to her to have been like the OG of the OC, essentially. Wow. And she brought up an orange on stage and was like, Andy, this is for you um, in case you are looking to give another housewife an orange this upcoming season. Like dying to get back on the show. Right, right, I mean, right. No, like, this is absolutely the height of these women's lives and experiences, at least Mm -hmm. it seems that way. And even the reality reckoning article Chandler starts off with a housewife being like, yeah, my worst day on housewives is still better than my best day living a life of quiet desperation. Right. And I think, you know, another aspect of the entire article is just that the people who are featured in it are just I, in my opinion, people like housewives who really are a footnote in the history of it. They are not like the Mount Rushmore housewives who, you know, are finally coming clean about how terrible their experience are. It was literally Ebony and Leah. 
<laughs> right. And I'm sorry, but for me, what would be an actual reality reckoning is if they brought together housewives from all the franchises, like a representative yes. from all the franchises to discuss all these network wide problems that were like mm -hmm. systemic issues. But really what we got were like isolated events and yes. really nothing that was the network's fault, only the fault of like maybe a cast member who is potentially racist or just prejudiced or just completely unaware of the way she speaks to put it generously. And then Leah right. McSweeney, the entire story of how she went to the Hamptons for the weekend when she should have been sitting bedside with her grandmother of her own volition. She goes mm -hmm. because she was afraid of like how the producers would react if she skipped it. It was such a nothing burger. I thought it made Bravo look good. Like the producer said, don't come. Or if you come, we'll get you back right. to your grandma immediately. It was honestly... Their reality reckoning did not land with any sort of thud or hammer falling. It was just the most pitiful article. It was like a reality raindrop. Exactly. Exactly. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Okay, so let's get back to other moments of BravoCon now that we can agree on that article. So Kyle Richards broke down in tears discussing her split from Mauricio Umansky at BravoCon. So let me play this. We, you know, we are family no matter what happens and we have a very strong family unit. Um, my three girls still live at home. Only Sarah has her own place. So um, it's still like, you know, who's going to be home for dinner tonight on the family chat? And, you know, he's been busy. He was busy doing Dancing with the Stars, and um, so he wasn't around as much. But, you know, we're just trying to figure it out. We know that we love each other, and um, I just want to say that, you know, a lot of people think, you know, like, well, what are you doing? Just pull together, fix everything. Obviously, that's what I want. Um, this is not my idea of my fairy tale, clearly, <laughs> you know, but um, I'm sorry. I just, um, I, yeah, thank you. Anyway, I do appreciate. Uh, thank you. Anyway, I do appreciate all your um your your support on that. So thank you. Absolutely. Okay, Chandler, thoughts. I think first of all, this is why we love Kyle. I think that Kyle truly always comes across as just like very hard on her sleeve and mm. and warm. And and this is another moment where she's like, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if you agree with that, but I feel like this is like Kyle being like very real. And I think that's like why she's always found favor as, you know, a cast member. I could not believe that all the girls still live with them. That to me was pretty shocking. Yeah, it's interesting. Alexia and Sophia are both well into their 20s. I think 23 yes. and 27. And I'm so confused. Yeah, why they still live with their parents. I mean, I guess yeah. Beverly Hills is expensive, but you would think with the agency, agency trust funds that they could, you know, be into their adult lives in a more independent way. I think that it for me, Chandler, knowing now that the daughters are, are at home while this is going down, this feels a lot less like, okay, Allison Dubois was correct. You know, Kyle and Mo, they're headed mm -hmm. towards the next phase of their life. The kids are out of the house. Portia's almost graduated from high school or she's, you know, a couple years out. And so they're kind of figuring out we have nothing in common and they're moving on to a different phase of life. That's kind of was the energy I got from this or what yeah, I, I guess yeah. projected onto it as the context. Yes. But knowing I that agree. almost all the girls are living at home, I'm just like, wow, this breakup was a lot more devastating, a lot mm -hmm. more volatile, a lot more right. serious. Like this divorce is like, it's a family getting ripped apart in a much more significant way than I initially, you know, imagined. I think another aspect of this is that Kyle had to have known that she was going to get asked about this at BravoCon. She had to mm -hmm. know, you know, obviously it's the top piece of Bravo news, you know, out there right now. And I am surprised that she didn't have maybe a more emotionless answer, you know, that was just like canned, ready to go, where she could just say like, we love each other very much. We're figuring it out, you know, one and done. I think that like 
it was a reality check for me, a reckoning, if you will, that like, it's still very <laughs> raw. It's still happening. Yeah. And it sounds like it's just not this thing that like, you know, they've, they did it for the show and it was an easy thing to tie a bow on and now it's done. And, you know, we're just going to see it all unfold on the season. Like it just clearly we're still in the thick of it. And, you know, it made me mm-hmm. sad. Yeah, absolutely. And also confused because, and I'll just kind of pivot to this topic while we're talking about Kyle and Mo, but new photos have emerged. So I'm just going to uh, read from this article that just came out. Mauricio Umansky and Emma Slater are caught arm in arm at a club as Kyle mentions divorce at BravoCon and has admitted recently that his explanation of holding Emma's hand was strange. So this is according yes. to... So you I guys, this explanation this is so bizarre. You're not going to like, I had to reread it a couple of times because it was such a head scratcher. Okay. So this is what the article says. It's according to realityblurb.com. It says Mauricio Omansky and Emma Slater were caught strolling into a Los Angeles nightclub arm in arm over the weekend as his estranged wife, Kyle Richards attended BravoCon in Las Vegas, where she seemingly slipped up about their divorce. First time mentioning the D word. Previously, it's always been a separation or they're going through a tough time. Although the couple previously denied that they're ending their marriage, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast member said over the weekend that her divorce has been hard. While also noting on Telly Mellencamp and Tamara Judge's podcast that Mauricio's explanation about why he was seen holding Emma's hand late last month was strange. Still, after saying on Watch What Happens Live that she was hurt and taken aback by the pics of Mauricio and Emma, Kyle denied claims of hypocrisy involving her relationship with Morgan Wade. This is what Kyle said. She said, I've seen people say that. Oh, but you've been running around with your friend. First of all, there's no weird pictures of me with anybody on the internet at all. As for Mo's chemistry with Emma, Kyle says it isn't easy for her to see. Okay, what was the explanation that Mauricio gave for the photos? So Mauricio and Emma were quickly met with dating rumors, which they denied in a joint video on Instagram. And this is what they said. We were talking about the week during dinner. And when we came out of dinner, um, we were recapping the week. And I reached out um, to grab Emma's hand. And she grabbed my hand. And then we walked you know, to the cars, just recapping and summarizing. Mauricio explained as Emma admitted that they have a special bond due to their time on Dancing with the Stars. Like, you know, we were just recapping. And sometimes when you're just recapping and summarizing, you reach out to grab their hand. And then they grab your hand back. It's just strange how it's so much easier to summarize and to recap when I'm holding hands with someone. That is something that I couldn't agree more. I thought was just so, you know, such an interesting phenomenon. I feel like, you know, we are typically recapping and summarizing on this podcast and I wish we could be holding hands, you know, all the, all the time. Cause it's just a much more, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a better a recap flow podcast. that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I should fly up to New York so we can hold hands during this podcast. Every time we yes. record, we so much smoother, so much smoother very bizarre though like we were just recapping and then i reached out to grab her hand and then she grabbed my hand and it was just like don't they have pr people i just agree with kyle and what she says that hey listen there's no photos of me on the internet being romantic with someone mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yes she's walking with morgan wade but there's no photos of her actually holding hands with someone now right. this is the second set of photos to drop of mo and emma in some sort of romantic embrace or at least you know with romantic physicality holding i don't hold hands with anyone that i'm not i mean do you oh my gosh i don't Side note, I got another talking to from dad about the cussing and it is honestly, it's all your fault. What a dad said. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was having, I was having a lovely conversation with mom and you know, dad, mom was like, Oh, actually dad wants to say something to you. And dad's like, you know, I really got to tell you you guys could, you know, tone it down with the swearing. And then he brings up, you could, and I feel like I don't swear that much. And then he brings up that one episode where he talked about that Reddit scenario about the father-in-law. And he said that he had to turn that off because it was just too hard to listen to. So I don't think I got in the doghouse for that. I love our parents, but they're not our target audience. Oh my gosh. I'm also 33. Okay. Anyway, I'm moving on. I'm receiving some of these critiques. (laughs) Class class (laughs) it up. Okay. Well, Chandler, I don't hold hands with people that I'm not, you know, making marital love to. So it's very strange to me. I'm very with Kyle here. I do think that especially, honestly, for the sake of their daughters, it's inappropriate Mm -hmm. that these photos are online and that Mauricio is behaving this way. That's my moment of judgment. They are A-listers who have been in the public eye for too long to make rookie mistakes, like exit a restaurant holding hands with someone you don't want to be spotted with. No, I, I think that... 
if we've said it a million times on this podcast, I'll just say it a million and one. Celebrities know how to hide. They know how to not be seen. They know how to not be photographed. And so it's either just super lazy on the part of Mauricio or it's an intentional PR thing. Right. But again, knowing that the daughters are living at home, this makes me think even more so that this is a very much authentic breakdown of a marriage. Also, clearly, you know, we see in the trailer, you know, upcoming preview of when Kyle and uh, Mauricio tell the daughters, like, there, that is a very raw, real family moment where everyone is crying and it, it looks oh. terrible. I mean, feeling the energy from my screen of how Kyle was toward Mauricio at the end of the first episode, that hostility, that just kind of like raw anger. I'm sorry, Kyle, it's been a minute since she was a child actress. That was very, very much authentic. That was not her acting. Agreed. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimbleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimbleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Okay, let's get to a next moment in BravoCon where Heather Dubrow was asked if she would ever join Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So I'll play mm -hmm. this clip. So I, um, I know Lisa Rinna's not on the show currently, but she and I, we were in an acting class together over 30 years ago, like for our kids, long time. I've been friends with Garcelle for a long time, Kyle, um, Sutton's a friend. You know, I definitely have friends on that cast. Look, I've been going back and forth between, as the girls know, between Orange County and LA for a few years. We're like a little heavier right now in LA than Orange County, but our roots are still there. My husband's practice is still there. And you know, we're just, we're figuring out next steps. Where am I going? I don't know, ask Andy. And never say never, but I'm very, very proud and grateful to be sitting and, and, and loving and being friends with these women. She's motioning to the, you know, she's on stage with the other cast members of Orange County. My quick take is that this is another nail in the coffin of the reality reckoning because Heather Dubrow, in my opinion, was just setting herself up to be a perfect fit on Beverly Hills, saying that she had personal friendships and relationships with all of those women, but then also saying that Terry has a practice in Orange County, that she's, you know, loves being on stage with these women and is grateful to be there. Basically saying like, please, Andy, have me on whichever cast, but right. I am ready for my next season. I'm ready to hold a diamond or to hold an orange. Definitely a plus answer from Heather Dubrow. She's always, you know, super polished. I would just love to see her on Beverly Hills. I think that like she would make such a fantastic addition. So I'm kind of crossing my fingers that she joins Beverly Hills at some point. I really, I mean, I'm sorry to the OG of the OC. I'm sorry to Vicky, but my dream is that Orange County gets completely rebooted. I think it needs a Roni refresh. I think it needs mm. a set of women in their 30s to 
you know, late forties max. I think it, we really want to see women who are raising children who are in an earlier phase of yeah. life. I think it's more interesting to watch personally, more things transition, more things are changing. Careers are still getting built. And I would like to see a n- new set of faces, new sets of points of view. I would really like that for Orange County. And then I would love to see Heather join the all-star cast that is Beverly Hills. I think what happened on Orange County is a similar thing that happened on New York when they introduced Leah and like, you know, the newer housewives, I can't remember other names of those last few legacy seasons. It's just that you have the OGs and you have like their shtick that they're used to doing on camera. And then you have the new people trying Mm -hmm. to like, you know, rebel against that and trying to, you know, make their mark. And it just is not a good fit. It's not a, it doesn't feel like an authentic cast where everyone is on equal footing. And so I just think that that inevitably makes for worse television. And I, I agree with you. I think a reboot would be awesome, especially now that we've seen, in my opinion, you know, how good a reboot can be with New York. I mean, are you looking forward to seeing anyone on your screen from Orange County other than Heather Dubrow? Any single cast member? Like, are I you still, interested in following st- their life? I'm over Shannon. I'm over Tamara fully. And Taylor Armstrong? Like, forgot done. about her. I forgot about her. Yeah, I think that Gina and Emily are nice people. I think that we've seen what we're going to see in terms of interesting content from them. I want to get to Three Arch Bay and Laguna. I want to get to mm-hmm. Newport Coast. I want a new set of wealthy Orange County women. Okay, but let's move on to Vanderpump Rules because Ariana yes. discussed filming the next season of Vanderpump Rules, which is premiering in January. So that's something exciting to look forward to. Ariana, after the way the last season ended, how would you describe your feelings entering into a new season of filming? And what was your experience? We saw a little bit of that. What, it wasn't what you expected? Um, I think in some ways it was, in some ways it wasn't. I mean, I knew it was going to be difficult. I knew it was going to be weird. Um, I knew that I was gonna have some very strong and for some very negative feelings, but ultimately I think if anything, the last year has shown me that I can do hard things and, um, it was hard, but we did it. You did it. You did it. Did, did you two film at all during the season together? No. I mean, in the same, as you saw, in the same place. Sure. Okay. Initial thoughts, Chandler. I cannot wait for this season. Yeah. I think this season, what we're going to get is a really good picture of the longevity of Vanderpump Rules because ultimately the cast of Vanderpump Rules and Bravo at Large and all of us podcasts, we have all been dining out on Scandal now for well over right. a year. It was gave them essentially a complete revival. The show was eminently doomed before Scandal happened. Right. It was getting so boring. And I just think that ultimately we need to see what this show looks like after Scandal is over and what kind of conflicts or intrigues it can bring because ultimately it cannot ride on the fumes of Raquel and Tom's betrayal forever. Right. Yeah. And I think that if that's what the whole season is still about, I think it'll be really disappointing. Okay. So let's get to another moment from the Vanderpump Rules panel. My question is for Tom Sandoval. Looking back, would you have done anything different and do you regret anything? Wow, such a loaded question, huh? (laughs) Yes, of course I would have done things differently, but I can't really look towards the past. I can only embrace what happened, try to learn from it, and go towards the future. Come on. Come on what? Come on, give us more, please. What would you like him to say? Be honest. Do you want to go day by day? What, what have you felt? Hit him with them, I'm taking it day by day. Ah, <laughs> uh, too bad. No, I, uh, yeah. I mean, of course I would have done things differently. Hey, wait, isn't, the, isn't the answer to that question when somebody asked you what would you have done differently, all of it? Yeah. Yes. Right? All of it. Okay, let's just talk about this clip really quick. Okay. Because there's more to this. What do you think? Okay, first of all, if everyone, if you watch this clip, we just have to talk about Lisa Vanderpump's outfit because it is the worst thing I have ever seen her wear in the history of all time. This is like, I, we have to get this out of the way momentarily before we get, get it into off Tom. your chest, Chandler. Get it off our desk. She's wearing one of those ugly 
hats that like are like newsboy hats. Okay, on the top, which just like makes everyone's head look terrible. Page boy. It's like a page boy cat. Yeah, it's not a yes. beret. It's like a beret, but with a little visor. So it's like a page boy cap. I think those are the worst things to ever hit, you know, fashion. She's wearing a pinstripe crystal blazer. Blazer. Mm-hmm. That is giving Nicole Kidman AMC ad. Okay. Then she's yeah, wearing black pants bad. that are also striped in crystals. It's the worst outfit I have ever seen. I will go back to her in a purple lace button up and chinos before I go I back to this. I was going to say. Oh. I never thought I would be missing the days of purple pussy bow tops <laughs> until I saw this panel. Okay, but now that we have ridiculed Lisa Sorry. Vanderpump's look, yeah. her it was just distracting. It was distracting. It is, it is distractingly bad. My thoughts on Tom's answer, I really think Tom hates the viewers of Bravo. I think mm-hmm. he basically despises the viewers of Bravo at this point. Right. He, he probably looks out at that audience and thinks they're all a bunch of nobody losers. Right. And also they have a lot of hate right back for him. And right. so I think he thinks I'm not going to give these people some moment of contrition, some emotional moment mm-hmm. of remorse. First of all, he hates almost all of his cast members. Okay. Right. Him and Ariana, you think he wants Ariana to see him have some like moment of serious, authentic no. remorse and contrition? Absolutely right. not. He doesn't want to give her that satisfaction. And so he's just going to give some useless platitudes, you know, again, right. Like, he just needs to look toward the future. He doesn't want to think about the past. He regrets a lot of things. He's not going to say, oh, I deeply regret yeah. what I did. I'm so sorry. No, he's done apologizing and he's done trying to get redemption at this point. Yeah. I think redemption for him at this point is a lost cause. Mm-hmm. And my my biggest thing with Sandoval is that he just doesn't do himself any favors. Because while it is valid for him to not like the Bravo audience because they they have really, you know, taken him to task, he cannot for a moment at least fake some contrition or fake some thoughtful, sincere answer i feel like to in in response i mean we're going to get to another moment where another man asks him a question and he is just so arrogant no matter what i don't see this situation getting any better with sandoval or and i don't he just doesn't do himself any favors he's sitting there in a skirt that kind of looks terrible like his whole he just looks sort of so done and fed up he looks kind of ridiculous and he he looks very done and over the whole thing but he also is kind of a dick when he like responds to people and so i just like he doesn't do himself any favors he doesn't maybe there's no winning for this guy but he certainly doesn't even try i completely agree let's get to the next moment from this clip which i thought was so interesting unfortunately my questions for sandoval this has to be tough you're being booed and booed and booed. Yes. But my real question for you is why are you still here? Why not go away? Why not get away for a while and just nobody wants you around anymore? So why not go away? Well, we got to be nice. We got to be nice. Uh-oh. That is nice. It's okay. fair. First of all, Tom Sandoval can't afford to take a break. Tom Sandoval can't retire quietly to, you know, Bermuda. Tom Sandoval needs this direct deposit. That's what I was going to say. It's like, this is this guy's only job. This is this guy's one shot. After Tom Sandoval leaves Vanderpump Rules, his earning potential is only going to go down, right? Right. Like, I highly doubt Tom Sandoval is going to have some glittering career in business Mm -mm. or he's going to become a venture capitalist or he's going to... Like, this is it. This is it for Tom Sandoval. He's not quitting because he needs the money, people. And he honestly... I mean, of course, he's not going to say that, but... I would have found it hilarious if he was like, uh, I can't afford to quit. Joe from right, Kansas right. City. Maybe I could see him retiring from Vanderpump Rules reality TV to then switch to million dollar listing. Like that's that's a path I could see for Tom Sandoval, which I right. would be interested in. But that would be like in his wildest dreams that he would land another reality show. Totally. No, I yeah. mean, this is it for Tom Sandoval, most likely. And so I think it's pretty clear why he's not quitting the show. Do you want to talk about what Lala said? I thought Lala defended him in that Brock moment. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. So kind of speaking to Lala's defense of Tom Sandoval Chandler, before we give our thoughts on it, we do have another clip of her explaining her thought process there. I'm curious about the status of your friendship with Ariana, because you've said some things that are leading fans to believe that things get a little weird this season. What, like, what can you tease? How how are you and Ariana? Ariana and I are good. I 
am in a place, and you'll see this season, and I won't give away too much, you know, I was going through a lot when Scandaval happened, so they were running very parallel, and this next season, you know, I really have to sit with what I've been through and really make a choice. Where do we want to end up? Because we can keep going down this road and end up in a hole and we're not going to come out of it. So I love Ariana dearly. I will always be loyal to her. But when I'm watching something in front of me, I feel like I'm pretty logical and I got to call it like I see it. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to ride hard for you. Does Is that, that why you stepped in during the panel yesterday? Because there was a, kind of a, a nice moment where you were like, hey, look, Tom Sandoval put it all out there for you guys to see. Don't don't be booing him now. Yeah, well, I was over it. And that's coming from someone who was like all in. Oh, well, Sending it to Daryl. You were Teddy Mellencamp all in. Yeah. All in. <laughs> But I was like, okay, time has passed. You know, we really got to take a 30,000 foot view on this and go, it was really, really messed up, but we got to move on. Like the question he was asked and someone telling him to fall off the earth, I was that like, was with everything going on in the world, I could think of a lot of people that need to fall off the earth. Tom Sandoval ain't one of them. Um, so I just felt the need to shut it down. Stop. I completely agreed with her, I guess. Like, I, I think that it's true that it is time to move on. I mean, as we're talking about, you know, what we hope for in the next season. And I also really like, frankly enjoyed her like perspective on it of, of, you know, saying like with everything going on right now, they're like actually people we should be like actively channeling like hatred towards. And, you know, Tom Sandoval, like maybe it's time to just like, let that be. I feel like for the audience, this was their first moment to in person have their moment of catharsis in defense of Ariana, right? Because sure, like yeah. while this cast may have been able to let all out all their aggression, all of these Bravo super fans have been, you know, really feeling the hate towards Tom. And so I can understand them not being quite at that point yet, but I'm with you. I agree. I think that, like I said earlier in the episode, we really do need to move on from this. I also think though that Lala, if we can all remember, she was never Ariana's best friend. She was never mm -hmm. in Ariana's inner circle. You right. know, Ariana said that at the reunion. She said, Lala is not part of my inner circle and is not one, you know, or I think maybe Tom said that. And so right. someone has to soften. And Lala yeah. seems like a good candidate for that. Lala was not spending weeknights watching Love Island with Ariana and her other BFFs. And so I think it makes sense that, yeah, she is probably going to be a little bit more Team Tom this season. And frankly, right. like, we need someone to film with him. What are we going to watch? Right. Like his band rehearsals? Yeah, exactly. Great point. Okay, so let's move on to a moment from Real Housewives of New York, that panel. So... They were asked, where is Jenna Lyons? And that is that Jenna Lyons is not in the room. Um, what, do we know where she is? Like, is there a reason for her absence? Jenna is at an event tonight, and she apologizes that she cannot be here. Um, <laughs> the PR of it all, it's like getting dressed Jenna's in bed with her girlfriend. <laughs> I got a selfie sure. this morning, she's very happy. I saw Jenna last night, she's definitely very happy. Okay. I think the fact that Jenna Lyons did not show up to BravoCon clearly shows this woman has no interest continuing on The Real Housewives. She's of not New coming York. back. She's not, coming, She's not back. coming back. It was fun to see her for a season. She's yeah. not a fit. I think that it would become very tired to just have like, you know, Jenna's kind of more tepid takes her. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really want to get in the muck or the fray. I mean, if all the cast members had behaved like her at the reunion, it would have been full visual ambient. Well, you know, I think it's also only a matter of time if she stays for, you know, the attention and the, you know, the focus of whatever drama of the season to turn on her. Yeah, exactly. Like she can't remain exactly. unscathed forever. I also think it just goes to show that she clearly does not actually relish in a lot of this attention, given that she no. doesn't want to go and have the fans fawning and screaming for her and just freaking out to see her in person. Right. I mean, again, I think that truly this this weekend is probably a lot of these women's favorite weekend of the year. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early Bird CBD Gummies are so phenomenal everyone they are the perfect 
2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love early bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code popapologist20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. Popapologist20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Okay, so the other piece of drama I wanted to talk about this week um, has been an ongoing feud between Heather McDonald and Jeff Lewis and Krista Lamas. So I am a huge fan of all of the above. I mean, Krista is a friend of theirs, but really Jeff Lewis and Heather McDonald. I used to listen to Jeff Lewis's radio show daily. I tune in when there's a guest that I really like. I don't listen as regularly anymore, but I've been a Juicy Scooper since like 2016. You and I both love Heather McDonald. So we probably should get those biases out of the way. But I also... If you've listened to this podcast since the beginning, I have said many times on this podcast that Flipping Out is the best show that's ever been on Bravo. Yes. You still have not watched it, correct? I still haven't watched it. And I actually think it's something I'm going to start this winter. Mom's been watching Flipping Out, though, and mom loves it. It is truly so good. Start from season one. It is. It's the best. So anyway, I'm a huge Chef Lewis fan. So it's been really sad for me to see two of my icons, you know, fighting, essentially, and having such a falling out. And we didn't get into this drama on the pod ever, but I wanted to chat with Chandler about it because there's been a recent development that has Mm -hmm. been pretty major. So I'm going to sum up this drama really quick, and then I'll talk about what just happened over the weekend at BravoCon. Okay? That was revealed. Great. Let's do it. Okay. So all of this drama between Heather and Jeff really began when Heather had a falling out with her co-host, not her co-host, but a repeated guest on her show, Justin Martindale. So Justin Martindale, he is a podcaster, a comedian, and he was on Heather's show a lot. They had really good rapport and he was definitely like super entertaining to listen to. But fans started to notice that Justin was on like less and less or stopped really being on the show for a long time. And he didn't go to this one live show they're supposed to do together and so basically fans started to kind of notice that like something had frayed in their relationship well long story short justin at one point eventually goes on his own podcast and kind of airs his grievances against heather mcdonald now i am not going to dissect those today except to say for people who are deep in this drama that i think that that episode was ridiculous And I think that it was just like his grievances were so absurd. He really tried to make Heather McDonald out to be a terrible person. And it was sad to see. But one of the key issues he had with Heather was that he talked to Jeff Lewis because he said, you know, I'd love to come on your show. He saw Jeff at like a bar one night or something. And Jeff said, I talked to Heather McDonald and she asked me not to have you on my show. And so Justin was like, hey, I'm an adult. I'm a free person. What are you talking? You don't, no one owns me. And so Heather said, I never told Jeff that he wasn't allowed to have Justin on. And so Jeff went on his show and said, hey, I've been friends with Heather for forever, but I need to correct the record. Heather did tell me not to have Justin on the show. And so that's when this all super fractured because Heather then went on her Patreon and said, Mm -hmm. okay, I did have a conversation with him, but the tenor of the conversation was not, you're not allowed to have Justin on. It was we have these regular co-hosts. Let's not 
co-opt each other's regular co-hosts because otherwise our shows are going to get way too similar. Like yeah, yeah. there's tons of crossover audience between Heather and Jeff's shows. Yeah. Like yeah. so many people listen to both. And so right. what Heather was saying was like, if I start having Doug Buden on, who's your regular co-host, mm-hmm. it's just going to get too, we're going to, it's just going to become like too much too like insider. the same show. Or if, or if Jeff has Chris Frangiola on. Yes, exactly. Chris Frangiola on at all, but really, or all the time. Yeah, exactly. It just becomes too similar. Also, when she put out that Patreon recording explaining, she liked and agreed to a comment that basically said like, hey, Heather, there's a lot of drama going on in your life. Look at the falling out that um, that you had with Megan Weaver. Look at the drama that went down with Julian Brandy with Jeff. Jeff seems to be at the center of a lot of this negativity. And I think you should you know, reevaluate your relationship to Jeff Lewis. And she said, I agree. Heather McDonald commented, I agree. That sent Jeff Lewis into a blind rage. So yeah. I'm going to be very forthcoming on the show. I adore Jeff Lewis, but it's been sad for me to witness the way he has a major falling out with essentially every person super close to him. I think if you're the common denominator and all these people finding you to be toxic and needing to ha- not have you in their life anymore, and the people that you know you can keep around you are on your payroll, it's clear to me who the problem is. Well... Quickly, two things. Quickly, wasn't so didn't he have also a huge falling out with his co-host on flipping out or Jenny Poulos? Jenny Poulos back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Super so huge like falling out with Jenny yeah. Poulos. Which is huge to me. I think like, you know, they were literally like co-stars, like very close. Second of all, I was on Reddit the other day and I'm I'm not a Jeff Lewis. Like I don't know a ton about him. I I'm very curious and about like this whole drama because I regularly follow Heather, but I was on Reddit and it just came up on my like explore, like this thread about Jeff Lewis, just getting more and more toxic and negative and how the way that he speaks and just like what he's, he just seems to be like going through something and the tone of so many of his conversations now are very negative. And Mm -hmm. I just thought that was interesting because I saw that a few days ago before all this like new stuff came out. Yeah, I think that he must be going through a hard time. And I feel a lot of empathy for him. He's on five days a week. And I think like even doing our show, which is two days a week. Yeah. You know, there are times when I've been going through a hard time and it's been very hard for me to like sit down and record and be like, Lisa Renna did this. Like, I'm just like, you know, I'm going through a, a bout of something. And so I have a lot of empathy for someone who literally has to show up and do a radio mm-hmm. show every single morning, no matter right. what's going on in their life. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So so basically what happened is Heather commented that she agreed that Jeff seemed to be the source of a lot of negativity in her life. And Jeff freaked out. And he basically like, he waged his war on Heather McDonald on his Sirius XM show. Like, He tried to paint her as like the thirstiest person, the worst friend. One of his central grievances with her was that, um, so he had these co-hosts, Brandy and Julie. Do you know about Brandy and Julie? Kind of. Not really though. Okay. So they've been on Heather's show a lot. They were on Jeff Lewis's show a lot and they um, were going to host this after show and they started to host an after show on Jeff Lewis's show. And anyway, it just did not end up working out the way that they had thought it would. And they had a bit of big falling out with Jeff and Sirius XM. And Jeff Lewis was, this was a real big hit because he had invested in the show and invested right. in, in their after show in them. And so when Heather McDonald was on his serious show to talk about like, you know, and they were talking about it, Heather McDonald really was a neutral third party. And mm-hmm. she was kind of like not taking anyone's side, just explaining where they were coming from, but right, also empathizing right. with Jeff's position. So want to fast forward to Jeff seeing that Heather liked that comment that he was at the center of all the negativity. Basically, one of his big grievances was that Heather was not fully like loyal to him during mm-hmm. that fight and in any way okay. defended Brandy and Julie. Okay, interesting. I do really think that if you have a friend or a person in your life who you cannot be in any way objective about any fights they're in, like you can't provide an alternative point of view, alternative point of view, or like if you have to be a yes man to someone, this Mm -hmm. is probably someone who is a little mentally unstable. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all this goes down and Jeff on his radio show he is going after Heather McDonald. And one of the key ways he went after her was he said that Heather is not only this thirsty, terrible, terrible friend, 
Um, but she's also basically like a low key thief and that she stole or not stole, but that Krista Lamas lent her some earrings. Lauren, who's Krista to Jeff? I think that's worth sharing that context. Uh, oh, thank you. Krista Lamas is just this like, nice single mom in LA. She has connections to the entertainment industry. She has like a late husband who was very affluent. And anyway, she's really good friends with Heather and with Jeff Lewis. So anyway, in this falling out, Jeff alleges on his Sirius XM show that Heather borrowed some earrings from Krista and not only never gave them back, but she was in St. Bart's and wearing them and you could see them fly off in the video and she never even looked for them, never even went back to look for them. And Krista messaged her repeatedly about the earrings and Heather never responded. On his show, he insinuated they were worth more than $10,000 because he was like saying that this could be a felony because if something's worth more than $10,000, that it's a felony essentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so anyway, Heather said that she did go back to the restaurant to to try to find them. um, And she said it was the first. She actually only ever heard about this after this big falling out that Krista only reached out once. She responded basically saying that, yes, one was lost and to let her know how much they were and she would send her a check the next day. Krista responded and said they're around $3,000 and Heather sent the check. The check was cashed. So you know when Raquel sold her lightning bolt necklace? Oh, yes. And she she gave the proceeds to charity. This just happened. Yeah. Heather had the idea, maybe I'll sell this other earring, give the proceeds to charity. So she went to a jeweler to have it appraised. And Mm -hmm. the jeweler said, this is worth nothing, essentially. It's worth maybe $2. This is fake. This is costume jewelry. And then she went to another jeweler as well. And they said it was fake. And so basically, Krista lied. They were not worth three... They were not purchased for $3,000. And not only lied, but then took money and cashed a check, which Mm -hmm, is like full mm -hmm. on fraud. So anyway, Heather revealed this at BravoCon during one of her shows. And so it definitely, I think, I think if there's any question on who was the bully, who was in the wrong here, in my opinion, very clearly, Krista and Jeff, given that allegedly this whole earring debacle was completely fabricated. And like they made her out to be so careless with someone's valuables and not caring mm-hmm. about her friend. And meanwhile, they literally lied to her about how much they were worth and then cash the check for the money for the earrings. It's just insane. I I wonder, like, I think what I'm just curious about is like, did Jeff know that they were always fake? Or did Krista like yeah, lie that's to him? a good that's a good question. You know? That's a very good question. And one of the things that Jeff said on his show is he was like, you know, everyone knows that this girl, you know, is very well off and she doesn't wear fake stuff. And so maybe like, that did he just something. extrapolate that. Or was Krista yeah. kind of wanting to make this even juicier? I would love to know. I actually haven't seen what what they look like, but I just can't imagine that you would lend someone very, very expensive earrings and you wouldn't tell them that they were real or you wouldn't say like, oh, be delicate with these, you know, or something like, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just too much of like a plebe. Also earrings just fall off so easily. I would Mm -hmm. probably never lend someone super expensive earrings, like end of story without, without saying, like you said, Hey, let's put a double stopper on these in the back. These were like really expensive. And Heather says, I would never have borrowed them if I thought they were super expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, don't come at me, but I really am team Heather. And yeah, I stand by Heather McDonald in the midst of all this drama. I also want to say a moniker, I think, of a good person or of a person who is, you know, loyal is that they have a lot of close friends who like have have stood by their side for a very long time. This is like what I I think about like Gwyneth Paltrow and like all of her friends from like elementary school that she's still close to. And Heather is one of those people. Contrast that with, I mean, with the exception of Jeff and, you know, that whole circle of people who are, you know, who got mad at her. I think that, you know, you contrast that with Jeff, who people from his inner circle have had major falling outs. Like that to me is a huge indicator of of the type of the character of the person, in my opinion. I'm also just going to say that having major falling outs with people as an adult is like the biggest red flag to me ever. Yes. As an adult, you really shouldn't be having major falling outs with anyone. It's not a good look. And to have that repeatedly happen, it's very clear where the source is. I mean, I don't know if you know this. This is so crazy. So 
Do you know about Gage? Kind of loosely. It was, that's his ex-husband, right? That's, that's his who ex- he his daughter with? Yeah, he had a daughter with his partner, Gage. They were never married, but okay. you know, they ended up separating and it's been this very legal thing because there's child custody involved and all this stuff. So then anyway, after that breakup, Jeff went on to date this guy named Scott, this super hot guy named Scott, who the tea okay. on Scott, for anyone interested, is that he allegedly is like connected to a very extremely wealthy family. But he's this extremely handsome guy, and Jeff and him eventually they had a they had a serious relationship. It, it went on for a okay. couple of years, if memory serves. They broke it off. Scott and Gage are now together. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Wow. And there's just, I mean, nothing would be more painful That's wild. for me than if my ex went to my, my ex husband. Yeah, like that would be insane. Yeah, but I will say, like. Scott always seemed like a very level-headed person to me from what I heard mm. about him on the show. Like he never wanted to be part of the radio show. Yeah. He didn't seek any sort of notoriety or fame. Yeah. He seemed to be very level-headed and everyone loved him. And so I guess I just think that like, okay, well, if, if Scott looked at Gage and looked at Jeff and is like, I want to be with Gage, I don't know. There's just something like very telling about that decision as well. Yeah. So it's unfortunate because I actually really do love Jeff Lewis, even though I'm sure after this whole thing, I will be hated forever. Should he ever listen to it, which I'm sure he never will. But I adore Jeff Lewis and the whole drama makes me sad. But justice for Heather McDonald. It's crazy because they both, the two of them just have very strong and very vocal fan communities. Yes, yes. And it's, you know, one of the things I think I've realized too is just like the bigger a show gets, the bigger someone gets, the more negativity that's going to come across Mm -hmm. because yes, they have big fan communities, but they both also have a lot of haters and people that really don't like them and snark pages against them. So it's unfortunate. But again, justice for Heather. And um, that's my take on the whole drama. Chandler, thank you so much for co-hosting with me today on our podcast. Thank you. Um, everyone, if you love the episode, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. Share the episode on your stories, tag us, include a link for your followers so they can easily tap and listen. It would truly mean the world. Thank you guys. Love you. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Oh,